1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good
2: post-match at the Japs for that Millwall podcast where it finished at the Select Car Leasing Stadium. Jesus, Red in nil, Millwall one. Was it pretty? No, do I care? The answer is also no. It's all about getting three points and how we show resilience and bounce back for that defeat against Norwich, which was hard for us to take. It wasn't that we played badly. Um, And we did that and we got the three points and that's all that matters. It wasn't the prettiest of games. It probably won't live long in the memory, but that is the sort of game that you've got to get three points in if you want to be in the top six. And we did. This is a huge week for us. Three games that are all winnable. And we need to be taking at least seven points from this free game. So to get three points in the first one is absolutely fantastic. Coincidentally, this team has not had back-to-back losses since we lost to Norwich and then Reading in August. And obviously after losing to Norwich um, last week, it was a case of can we go again? And we did. And the boys did us proud. So let's get into the game. And I felt that... The way that Reading play, and let's just just sort of set the scene here. Reading have got the best, going into that game, they're the best home form in the league outside the top four. So at home, they're not a bad side. 80% of their wins have been at home. So they're they're not a bad side at home. And for me, I felt it was a ball, that the game was going to be how we could deal with Andy Carroll, who is not the player he once was, but ultimately he's good at what he does. Um. And their best player is is, is, is Tom Ince, um, by a mile, to be honest, and how we could get close to him and stop him from playing. And then how we impose our game on them through transitions. And that's ultimately where we ended up scoring our goal. I think uh, what we can take from this game is that they had zero shots on target. They had zero shots on target um, and only two in total in the whole game. So we limited them to, to a lot, you know, to... To barely nothing. And again, it might not have been pretty to watch. And I know a lot of fans um after the game have said it's boring, it's this, it's that, but I'd be honest, I don't care. At this stage of the season, I really don't care. It's all about getting three points. Um and I'm fine with that at the moment. So let's get into the game then. So in terms of the lineup today, today, yesterday, um, it was the same back four. So we've, uh, we're obviously long in goal. So same but for So Cresswell kept his place. Hutch was still on the bench. Uh, Cooper was the captain. And then Murray Wallace, Danny Mac uh, on the uh, defensive fullbacks. In the centre of the park, he went with Leonard and Savile again. Um, so the sort of second game running. And then Fleming ahead of him. Bradshaw up top. And then either side was where the change was made with Honeyman. And then Vogie coming back into the team for Ollie Burke. So that was the key change. And obviously, Vogie ending up being the match winner. Um, In terms of Reading, so I'm not going to go through their lineup, But of course, in terms of noticeable players, uh, Andy Carroll, Tom Int, we've already talked about. Um, The likes of Liam Moore has been around in this league for a while. Um, Never really rated Joe Lumley, their goalkeeper. And coincidentally, he was also the person that made the foul for our, our penalty. And then for me... I don't know the backstory of Lucas Shaw. I don't know if he's injured, if he's got an attitude problem, or whatever's going on, something behind the scenes. But how a team like Reading can have Lucas Shaw on the bench, I just don't get it. Um, he scored 20 goals in this league before. Something's not clearly not right, and they opted with Shane Long instead, who is um, not a bad player. He's a, he's a workhorse, but of course, he's, he's probably had his day at this level for me. But it'd be interesting to hear what Reading fans think. So the game kicks off, and I think the first 10 minutes, I've got to say, we were, from a pressure standpoint, we were under the cosh. Um, We couldn't really get into the game. Um, And then our goal comes with our first proper uh, opportunity. The ball's played forward, and Bradshaw does superbly well, kind of holds it up and then plays a brilliant reverse pass um, right into the path of Fleming, But Fleming's got a defender with him. So what Fleming does is he knocks it past the defender. And I'm not doubting that the defender's equally as quick as Fleming. But what he's not is equally as strong. And Fleming bullies him off the ball. Runs through into goal. He's got a lot of work to do here, Fleming. Runs through into... Um, the In level with, with the D. He can see the goalkeepers come rushing out. And he's just got to get there and touch it first before the keeper does. He knocks it past into the box... Goes down. The goalkeeper catches him. Um, it is stonewall. All I will say, it's a stonewall foul. I've seen it from a few different angles, and I still can't tell if the contact in or outside the box. I think either way. Uh, of course, we'll take it. We've had our fair fair share of, of bad luck, but we've also recently had some good luck. You know, with the Luton game and the Red, and obviously the Reading game. But either way, we'll take it. And um, it was definitely a foul. And to be fair to Paul Ince, he didn't complain about it after the game. So maybe they've seen it back. Um, and then you're thinking, who on earth is going to take it? Because we've only had one penalty all season. And that was against Bristol City in the last minute. We were 2-1 up to go 3-1 up. Benneka Phobi, obviously no longer with the club, um, steps up. And it was a terrible, terrible penalty. He misses it. So this is only our second penalty of the season. Who's going to take it? And then Vogie steps up. And um, you don't really know what to expect. And I learned after the game that that was his first penalties taken in a match for three and a half years, which is mental when you think about it. And obviously our first penalty since the Bristol City victory on the road. And I have to say, what a penalty. Um, he vogie has got this ability and will come on to the second half of being at a ball but put it into a right area. Um, and and he did exactly that with the penalty spot, top corner, hit with power, an absolutely superb penalty. And you, for for a Millwall player, that's uh, it was a it was a bloody good penalty. Um, and after the game, Rowick joked, the Vogie said, because I'm German, so of course I'm going to score. So, but he does, and he scores. Um, and we're one 0 up. And again, you know, we, we've we've got a habit recently, particularly on the road, of scoring early goals, and it's a case of what do we do now? Um, do we sit back and try and defend this lead, which we are good at, um, or do we try and go and get a second? Unfortunately, we did the uh, the former and we did sit back. And for the, the rest of the first half, they had a lot of the ball. Um, I felt that our ball retention was really poor, but they really didn't threaten us much. And, uh, you know, again, I, I'd be interested to hear thoughts from Reading fans, but their approach was essentially just to put balls into the box. And it was a really interesting dynamic between Andy Carroll and Cresswell because I felt initially Carroll was winning it, was winning that battle. But I have to say, come the end of the game, Cresswell won that battle. Um, and I thought Charlie Cresswell was absolutely superb again yesterday. A couple of dodgy sort of um, bits of distribution from him in the second half, but overall his defensive play was superb. So the, first, the rest of the first half... I'm just looking through my notes and there's nothing massively um there's nothing massively to call out. What I would say uh is there were, were a couple of instances that I want to call out George Long. So there was one time where um uh I think it was a free kick. Uh Tom Ints, Murray Wallace gives away a stupid free kick. We keep doing this, edge of boxes and things like that. Free kick comes in, long just comes and takes it. And that just relieves the pressure for us a lot. The other thing as well, I would say about George Long, and it's something that may or may not go unnoticed. When we're under the cosh, which seems to be a lot of the time at the moment, particularly away, his ability to kick the ball and and clear it 80, 90 yards or wherever it is up the field just takes the pressure off us because there's a couple of times in the last couple of games that I've noticed we've gone from being under the cosh, you know, sort of fanning around with it at the back and Long clears it and it ends up going out for a throwing for them but it's a throw for them near their corner flag. And as a player, you, you you don't underestimate the ability of things like that because, yes, all right, we're conceding possession to them, but we're conceding possession to them right in their corner flag where we're good at winning the ball back in second balls. So there's little things like that that I reckon they worked on because it's ultimately, when you actually strip, the, strip it back with a game of football, it's about, you know, trying to get as much as a play up the other end and and obviously taking your chances and it's little things like that that I think sometimes go unnoticed Um, and as you know if you listen to these uh, often enough I've not always been a George Long fan but I thought yesterday didn't have to do much but what he did he did very very well Um, so yes anyway so the the first half finishes and there was lots of offsides um, nothing really to call out as I say I'm just looking at my notes Um, I didn't think we played great but they didn't really threaten us in the first half and we go in uh one one nil up um and I, I felt confident at half time because I felt we looked like a team that was organized and everyone knew their job and that's what you get when you've got a good coach and you've got tactics that are clearly deployed, and you have players that were honest professionals and carry those out and it's 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 basics and sometimes yeah we're not the best group of players but we're we're a better team because of, of of things like that so i felt we were organized and I, I didn't really see um it wasn't too much pressure um then the second half kicks off and it's it's much of the same really in terms of uh the first half where um i felt that reading and a lot of the ball i think the possession stats will show that But without really threatening, the only shot that I can really think of of note from Reading was uh, a Tom Ince shot um, where uh, Leonard does really, really well, just enough to kind of put him off. Um, And that was the only real shot of note, which I think was on the sort of 60-something minute mark. Um, What I will say about Tom Ince is that he's a good player, but he just constantly just spends his time whinging. Uh, and then both him and I think Paul Ince, his, his old man, ended up getting booked. So I don't know if there's a, a stat there in terms of father and son getting booked in the same match. And, or was it Alex Ray who got booked? I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm just looking through my notes again in the second half. And I think really they had a sort of a 10, 15-minute spell between sort of 60 and 75 where they were really applying the pressure. Um, that's when that Tom Ince chance comes. And you're thinking to yourself, we, we probably need to change it. Um and I felt that when we did change it, the subs were a little bit late. Um, and I think that's something that a few people have voiced as well. But ultimately, the proof's in the pudding and we won and we got the job done. Um, I did feel as though we were a bit under pressure. They, they've got, um, as I say, the way they play is just to pump balls into the box and they made some changes. And at one point, they had Nabisar, Scott Dan, um, Andy Carroll and Lucas Yao, who I think all were six foot four plus. So the... In this instance, it is right to bring Hutch on. At Luton, no, because they haven't got a big aerial threat. But in this instance, it makes sense. So the changes come and he brings on um, he he brings on um, Hutch and he also brings on Oliver Burke. And I have to say, after that sort of 10, 15 minutes of pressure they had, making those changes, it did seem to work. I felt that Burke gave us a bit more pace and also gave us a, a bit more of, a, of an outball um still needs to 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 go in a little bit higher on some of those fifty fifties but um a lot of the um good play in the last ten minutes come from from stuff that Burke was involved in um and hutch although I think he actually looked quite shaky again when he came on i have to say but the structure and the the game five at the back i think in this instance did work and i have to say I, I was worried that um it was uh it wasn't going to be the right thing to do but but um it works and I think the sort of last sort of 10 minutes or so we we actually um I think it was on 79 80 minutes we have a have a breakaway I think it's from their corner um so the corner comes in cleared away again superb defending once more from our, our back line one of their players just about keeps it in. And tries to recycle it back into the box. And in between Bradshaw and Burke, they break them down and we start to counter. And obviously with the pace of Burke, this is where we can be really, really good in transition. So Burke carries the ball forwards. And he's got Bradshaw to the left and Fleming to the right. Now, he chooses to play in Bradshaw. But his ball is slightly behind Bradshaw. And then Bradshaw's touch is a very, very tired touch. He looked... I have to say it's the most tired I've seen. I've 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 seen Tom Bradshaw, and obviously he's had more of a rest than normal as well, which was a little bit concerning. Um, but for me, it was the wrong ball. He should have played it to Fleming, um, and then it was a poor touch from Bradshaw. So every, you know, I've seen a lot of people sort of saying it's all Burke's fault. For me, it's not. Um, it's both of them, and it's an opportunity to to really um, finish the game off uh, and, and put us two 0 up. But we don't. And there's a couple of nervy moments before the before the end. But in reality, the game peters out. And I never really felt, other than that sort of 10-minute spell where they had a lot of pressure, it didn't feel to me like the Stoke game where I honestly felt like we were just constantly under the cosh and just they were just breaking us down. I didn't really feel like that. I felt quite comfortable, which is a, a weird position to be in. And um, we end up winning the game 1-0. And it is a bit different to the Stoke game because I think Stoke are a better team than Reading um, and they've won, I think, two on the bounce since then and it just shows you the fine margins in this league. And that's something I want to touch on. I think after the game, Paul Ince said that um, that both Sheffield United and Mill weren't better sides than, than, um, than Reading. And I think whilst that's an emotional comment from him, what I will say is I don't think there's much in a lot of these teams in the championship, to be honest with you, there's a couple of standouts. I think Middlesbrough are a very good team now, and I think obviously Burnley are, are one of the best teams this league's ever seen. But other than that, I also think Norwich, on their day, are, are right up there. But other than that, I don't think there is a lot. But I think what he fails to realise is one team yesterday was more organised, better coached, and more structured, and that is why we won the game and Reading have taken nothing from it. Um but that's the fine margins in the championship. In terms of players and the, the quality of the actual 11 that are on the pitch, I don't think there is much difference between them. But in reality, this is where the um, the togetherness of the group, the resilience, the character and the rowic factor come in for me. Um, and we, um, we make it seven away wins for the season. I think that's 10 points for the last four away games, which is just a phenomenal return. And that is absolutely key to why we are now where we are in the league. Because, when you look back at last season, we won five away games all season. We've already won seven. We knew that our home form, well, obviously, you can't take it for granted, but a home form is always going to be fairly decent. And this season, our home form is currently eighth, but it's not a true reflection because we've played more away games than we have home games. If we win our next home game, it'll be a, a top six home form. Our away form this season is also eighth now, and you know last season it was it was bottom half and i think that's the difference we we've, we've maintained broadly our home form and our away form has improved and obviously it's it's been the last couple of months where the away form has improved which is where we found the consistency and yeah it's not pretty to watch on the road you know when you look at the last three home games we've had a 3-2 against Sheffield United a 3-2 the wrong way against Norwich and a one 0 one all against Burnley they were exciting games to watch for the neutral. There's, there's no doubt in it. Um, a 1-0 win at Stoke and a 1-0 win at Reading, they're boring to tears. They are. But it's effective, and it's six points and two clean sheets. Um, oh, Sorry, I'm taking away the, the Luton game. But the, the the point here is I don't care if we win ugly on the road. I really don't. It's all about getting those three points. And now with our waveform really picking up, this is where we can... Um, where, where, where the difference is this season. We've got two games until the break. This is what I said when I started this video. This week is massive for us. Swansea at home, devout of confidence, good football inside, really good football inside, but clearly they can't defend because they were 1-0 up against Middlesbrough for the first 45 minutes, which is no mean feat. And I remember playing them and they played some nice stuff when we drew 2-2 with them. But they can't defend, and they can be got at. We've got to we've got to pick up at least at least four points in the next two games, because then it's Swansea, and then it's Huddersfield. My only concern is, can we go again? Bradshaw looked dead on his feet at the end of the game. That's my major concern because we don't have another nine. Um, and I said this a few times, and I know the club tried to get his bit in, um, but could that one player just having one more central forward option? Burke can play there, Watmer can play there, Vogue can play there, but they're not number nines. We need another number nine, and that's my concern. But four points at least from the next two games, and then you've got almost like a mini-season. You've got eight games from that. After the international break, you've got eight games, and three of them are Blackburn at home, Luton at home, and West Brom away. They are massive games. Massive, massive games. Last game of the season at home to the Blackburn could be um, huge because I think Blackburn are a little bit similar to us they haven't got a big squad Um, they have been grinding results out Um, and they're probably looking at us thinking no oh, you're going to fall off and I'm looking at them thinking they're going to fall off so it could be a really interesting last game of the season but look 10 games we're in the top 6 as things stand as I'm recording this Sunderland are winning at Norwich so um We'll see what happens there, which if that's the case, I think a draw would be a perfect result for us because I think Sunderland would probably have a little bit too much to do, possibly. Um, it would be a great result because it would keep us, I think, in the top six, a draw. Um, I need to check the goal difference. But 10 games left and to be in and around the top six is fantastic. Out of those 10 games, we've got six at home, Luton, Blackburn crucial, as I say, and then we've got two two games coming up. Swans in Huddersfield, which are both winnable and... This period will define our season. So that's kind of my view of, of the game yesterday. I haven't really gone into massive detail on moments and chances in the game because there weren't. I think we had seven shots to their two. There wasn't many chances created. So what I'll do now is I'll go through um I'll go through the players. Um what I am going to start doing, uh, a few people have mentioned it, I'm not going to do it today because um, I've literally just thought about it, so I'm not going to do it today, um, is to, to sort of do player ratings. Um, but um, I'll talk a little bit about age player now. So, George Long, um, it didn't have much to do. Didn't have much to do. But a couple of times, he come and collected the ball. He didn't make a save, but he come and collected the ball. And at times, I thought his distribution was useful in terms of getting us up the pitch. So, yeah, not really much you can you can say on George Long. Um the fullbacks I felt were were good. Neither of them spectacular, but they were good, effective, uh, and largely stopped uh Redding playing. So good performances from the fullbacks, Murray Wallace and Danny Mack. The centre halves again were colossal. Honestly, I, I can't I keep saying it, but you almost now expect it of the pair of them. Both Cooper and Cresswell, I want to call out Cresswell because to win that battle with a very experienced player in Andy Carroll was superb and I, um, I honestly, hand on heart, think he won that battle so fair play to to Charlie Cresswell um, at times some of his distribution going forward looked a little bit nervy but defensively he was outstanding and right up there for player of the man of the match for me um, central midfield, I thought Leonard and Saff were brilliant I thought they broke up a lot of play I thought the game was played at quite a slow pace, actually, apart from some of the moments in transition. And that suits Saville because Saville is is a very, very good player, but he's not the quickest and he actually takes quite a lot of time on the ball. But when he's got time on the ball, he looks like a classy, classy player. And I thought he was great yesterday. And for me, for man of the match, it would be between um, Saville and Cresswell with honourable mentions for Mr Fleming because everything positive went through him. Obviously, he had a lot to do to win the penalty for the goal. Um, a couple of times, he, he, he sort of played some some really nice balls through for, for other players in the team. He also, um, what he's able to do is he, he switches the play quite effectively. A couple of times in the second half, uh, he'd get the ball, sort of turn, have a look what's over and just sort of switch the play. And, he, he he breaks the lines. That's, I guess, what I'm looking to try and say. He's our player that, that breaks lines. Um, and I thought he was brilliant again yesterday. Uh, absolutely superb. Um, and then the next player, who largely I thought was very, very good. And I know a few people won't like this. But Vogue, superb penalty. There's no doubt there's pressure on that. Um, and he put some wicked balls in the box twice in the second half. They, he, he's... he's He's strange because he seems to have very good technical ability on the ball because he's, what, he's, what he's able to do is whip the ball into a perfect area but with pace, which is is rare, uh, particularly at this level. And there was a couple of times where there was one in particular in the second half where he sort of knocks it past a year, on whacks it into the box right across the face of goal. And if someone had a gamble, it could have been 2-0. Um, and um, he's really, really good at that. The bit he's not so good at for me is his kind of ability off the ball. He works hard but in terms of his positional awareness, that's the bit I think that he, he lacks. Um, his overall game wasn't amazing, but he has these moments of real quality. And I think the crosses and the penalty were representative of that. Um, Honeyman, again, very, very typical Honeyman performance. He's very, very clever in small areas, um, which is interesting because I don't think he has the best first touch. But he, he's able to sort of wriggle it wriggle out. Um, and his work rate right off the boy is fantastic. He's organised. He's always... He knows where he needs to be. He epitomises the way in which we set up and the way we're structured. Another really good performance from Honeyman. And then Bradshaw, I felt he was was one of these quieter games yesterday. I have to say his involvement for the first goal was brilliant. Don't underestimate that. Um, but he looked really tired yesterday. And I'm concerned, if I'm honest. Um, because in theory, he's got to go again um, two more times in a week. Um, but overall, a decent performance. So no one played badly. I don't think anyone was spectacular. If I had to give a man of the match, it would probably be between Savile and Cresswell. And then in terms of the substitutes, uh, Hutch come on helped from a structural standpoint. I felt he was quite shaky at times. And so I think there was one moment in the right of the death where he sort of really cocked up a, a clearance, and, and it ended up being nothing. But he does look a bit shaky at the minute. Um, so I guess I, I guess what Raul is doing is trying to ease him back in gradually, uh, rather than sort of sort of start him. And I thought Burke. Similar to what I said against Norwich, his pace and his stature and his abilities, his power is so, so, so good. And at times, I'm like, oh, he doesn't have a football brain. But then he will find passes, like the pass to Bradshaw yesterday, in the game yesterday. It wasn't that it was, for me, he chose the wrong pass, but it wasn't necessarily a bad pass. In terms of where to play it, he just didn't execute it properly. It's weird. Maybe it's technique or something. I don't know. Um, and, and at times, he, um, for such a big bloke, he, he doesn't. I feel like he could do more in 50 50s. They 50, 50, 50. would say he bottles him, but I feel he could do a bit more. I honestly think he's got all of the credentials. I just think, I, th- I don't know what it is. It's just like if he was to dial up an extra 10%, he could be a match winner for a top 16 in this league easily. Um, but I'd rather have him than not. And I mean that. I think he's very, very valuable. I think he's the first sub you bring on in an attacking change. Um, and it's interesting that we've got Watmore and Essay that both didn't come on yesterday, which therefore means they're fresh, hopefully, for uh, Tuesday and Saturday. And I would like to see them both play a part. Um, so that's it, really. I think if we take a step back, we're in and around the top six. We've got 10 games to go. We've got a small squad. Everyone's together. The fans yesterday, again, absolutely superb. It's all you could hear. The only time, really, I heard Reading fans was when they got annoyed at the ref. Other than that, it was the drum. Um, not for me. Um, you couldn't get a more different club to, to us than Reading. Um, but, you know, each to their own. Fair play. Not here to criticise. Um, and we roll on. And it is just such... I keep saying it, but it's such a good time to be, to be a fan. It's also a nervy time to be a fan because you're thinking... Could this be our chance? Um, but look, I would encourage everyone if you can. I know it's a pain in the backside to get there on a Tuesday night after work. Um, I'm no exception but get down there if you can and let's get behind this team because two huge, huge, huge games. If we can win those two games. It, I, I guarantee you win those two games we'll be in the top five um, going into that last eight and then it's all in our hands and all to play for and we've got teams to play around us. So look, um. hope you enjoyed that I just will ask one thing for those that want me to do player ratings is it like an out of 10 do you want me to give out of 5 like how do you want me to do it just uh, drop me a comment if you can in the uh, the chat Um. really appreciate you listening as always listen to me ramble on Um. and uh, we hit our first thousand God knows how a thousand of you listen to me ramble. I don't know, but a thousand views for the um, Norwich game. So really, really appreciate it. And um, look, hope whatever's left of your weekend or whenever you're listening to this, that you have a good one. Um, So yeah, hopefully see you down the den in the next week. Let's keep on moving. Bye for now.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around